Let's go, baby. Um, Let's do it. Right. This is it. This is this is episode two of the return of the Bundle Bourgeoisie Boys. God, ah, it's like the return of the Jedi, but uh, with a lot less uh, blasters <laughs> and lasers. And, yeah. Uh, disappointment. I mean, maybe there is disappointment. At least 8% less di- disappointment. At least 8% less guaranteed for your money back. We don't actually give exactly, you... Exactly, exactly. You don't pay for anything, so we don't actually have to give any money back is the sort of asterisk on that. I mean, we so, have that buy me a coffee that we haven't set up yet. I mean, I have it set up for me. You can buy me a chili dog anytime, but... Yeah, I have I have mine set up personally, but not the bourgeoisie one. No, no, we don't have anything like that, no. No, no, no. The force be with us. Uh, give us money, and maybe we'll give it back to you one day. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. Money back guarantee. <laughs> That has no strings attached whatsoever, just in case we need to keep it. <laughs> oh, on that note, hello, I'm Johnny Bartlett, one of your hosts, and I am the Geppetto pulling these strings. Hi, uh, my name is David, and I am still trapped at the floor at E3. They won't let me go. Uh, they've tied me down to a chair, and I'm watching trailer after trailer. I've seen the Mario vs. Rabbid trailer at least 20 times over now, and it's starting to, to get Even to though me. it ended a week ago. I I am losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. They won't let me leave. I'm starting to have thoughts about... And we are the bundle bourgeoisie. About Rosalina. (laughs) 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 Alright, what's on the docket for this week, baby? Today, we are going to be talking about Paw Paw Paw. Stubbs, the rebel zombie without a pulse. Going under. I whispered it. I whispered it, but I don't think any of the audio caught it. I did not catch it. I was sitting here waiting for it. <laughs> like, literally, Discord did not even pop up as a notify. Like, they did not think that that was a registered sound. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was a little it secret was, neighbor. It was so secret that we couldn't even hear it. Uh, Desolate is the game after Secret Neighbor. And finally, Disjunction. All right. Let's crack some knuckles. Let's take some names. Let's take off our pants. Let's do this. Paw, paw, paw. Pants are already off, baby. I don't record with them on. Damn right. Neither of us do. Uh, I can't wait till we record in the same room and, and we can just sort of... <laughs> we, 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 we can have all of the smells co- coalescing. Uh, so this game, Paw Paw Paw, was developed by Simpleton. They're actually an Indonesian developer. They are responsible for games like Galactic Rush, Everyone Loves Monster, Mission Impossible, and a bunch more. I've never heard of these before. Uh, none of them were on Steam. I imagine that a lot of them are like App Store type of deals, uh, because they're also on like phones and stuff. Um, so this was published by Grab the Games. They have done a couple games on Steam, a lot of which you've probably not heard of. One of them was called Garbage, which was like a, a homeless person simulator. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there's Mystopia. Size Matters was a game that was actually featured in the bundle a while ago, as well as Fantasy Blacksmith. Same with that one. Uh, one of them about being a sort of scientist where you're constantly shrinking and having to do platforming challenges, which we didn't actually cover because it was on our off week. And uh, Fantasy Blacksmith, which was uh, a game about literally being a blacksmith. And it was very fun, but also a little jank. 
They, they've done many, many more other than that, but that's all I'm going to talk about for now. Uh, this game is $10, and I think that's a damn good price for this game, in all honesty. This is mm -hmm. a Castle Crashers-style four-player couch co-op beat-em-up. Uh, the one thing that I will say about it is that it doesn't have online multiplayer, so if you're playing with people that are not in the same room as you, then you have to use Steam Remote Play together. Uh, it's not awful. It does work, but uh, you, know, you only need one copy of the game to play, which is a plus but you, only one person ever gets to keep any progress during the game, and that, that is a bit of a bummer. Uh, and, you know, just the fact that you have to use this interface, which can sometimes be a little bit laggy depending on your internet connection. Uh, there are four characters that you can play as in this game, with more unlocked as you go. Uh, each character is leveled individually, and progress is actually shared between players on the account. So uh, if you level up uh, one character and then you switch a different character, the other person can switch to that character that's already been leveled up and just continue from there. Uh, many different weapons you, you get to unlock throughout the game that you kind of find throughout the, the combat, like either from enemies that drop it or uh, from completing a mission. There are three main classes of weapons, I'd say. There's like the bows, uh, the one-handed weapons, and the two-handed weapons. Uh, it's kind of very broad categories because that can entail a whole bunch of different weapons from like uh, giant, you know, war hammers and clubs to like uh, maces and swords and daggers and stuff like that. Uh, so th there's a lot of variety uh, in sort of the, the larger subgroups. Uh, I'd say that the the game does seem a little bit generic at a first glance, but the more that you play it, I'd say the more kind of mechanical complexity there is that sort of comes out from there. Thank you very much for highlighting that. <laughs> he highlighted, watch your filler words, you silly gooses, and I can already tell that I'm probably using all of them right now as we speak, and I'm just going to try to cut down on that right now, consciously, as we speak. So I, I was trying to not interrupt the flow, but just give you a little indication that you used uh like six times in that last sentence. <laughs> you know, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> not a single brain cell attended to that entire situation so maybe i'll just keep it in so that i don't have to do as much editing today <laughs> maybe it's part of the show this time gameplay info so there is some attacks that you can do here there's a regular attack an alternate attack a jump and an item button there is a way to switch between active items as well and two skills on either bumper it's super manageable and easy to pick up uh, it's not like super complicated or anything. I did hear one uh there. Dang, it's so hard when you're like listening to it and you like you know that it's, I I cut so many uhs out of the last episode and I'm still I've got to be like painful today. I feel like <laughs> okay, push through, push through. So um, I just like this game. You can just push through, mash through a bunch of enemies early on in the game. It honestly gets a little bit harder the further that you go and a little bit more complicated the further that you go more so because of the environmental hazards that are added and also the combos that are added by leveling up your character it adds a lot more complexity to the game and what you sort of have to think about from a moment to moment basis there and are the enemy types yeah there are also a lot of enemy types in this game that is actually something that it started out very easy about. to just like stun lock them 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're getting ones with like quicker attacks and recoveries and stuff. Some characters are better at that than others as well. Some characters are very slow and they attack in, in sort of a, a very slow lumbering arc. And it almost feels like you need other team members around you to kind of help protect you in those situations because there are other characters that you can get in there like the botanist which is with his two knives he looks like a thief but he throws like plants at people and he can heal people and his whole deal was that he had double daggers and he could just like stun lock you just using his single x move you just spam the x move uh the single attack standard attack and you could just kill an entire wave of enemies just slashing through them mindlessly as they are hit stunned and it was like kind of laughably easy but uh i honestly the further that we got along the more that we got used to the combat and the more that the game started to kind of throw more complicated challenges at us i was really having fun i was kind of popping off on this game and uh i really want to play more of it at some point i'm not a big fan of castle crashers type of games Honestly, I kind of bounce off of them a little bit. I don't usually play them for very long. Uh, I can like kind of sit down with it for a session or two, and then I usually get very bored of it. But I feel like this is the kind of game that I could come back to anytime that somebody's just sitting in the room with me and I want something fun to play. That's that same sort of fun Castle Crashers vibe. Because the story mm -hmm. in this game is really hilarious. Uh, you are a member of the anti-pants resistance working together with your fellow animal friends to murder literally anyone who opposes your righteous crusade against pants. So it's awesome. There's a little bit of violence in this game, like decapitation and stuff like that. Apparently you can turn off blood in the options, but it is pretty violent by default. Uh, who would want to? I mean, if you, if you were wanting to play with kids, I'd imagine, and this is the kind of game that you could play with kids. Uh, kids are exposed to capitalism what is blood gonna do to them that that doesn't it's true it's true <laughs> i mean i would certainly <laughs> want it if i was a kid i'd be like turn it on turn it on see him see the see the blood fall yeah yes that's what they Watch get everyone red with their life their <laughs> their their clothy <laughs> life filled with pants uh <laughs> <laughs> it's it's dumb and silly and i love it violence for the sake of pants you burn those motherfuckers down you burn those motherfuckers down <laughs> and that's the game that's the whole story uh is you just r r walk around murdering people for not wearing pants and i i mean it's adorable but it's also just kind of funny and it's it's not like it's very serious it's not trying to be like like gilgamesh you know uh and it does lead well to the gameplay there is some some small gameplay elements that I did kind of forget to mention that like uh, when you get to a um, camp, there's like a place where you can rest and sort of upgrade your characters and switch characters and stuff. And there you can also get like mounts and stuff, uh, which you can use to ride that are uh, they usually go away after a while, but you can't use any of your skills while you're on them. Uh, and it's sort of like a bit of a health buffer as well. And then you have companions, which are just sort of mindless NPCs that follow you around and help fight with you. And those seem useful, but also on the levels with lots of traps, it seems like they could just get very easily murdered and slaughtered wholesale. I was surprised at how much I liked this. I think it's a really fun game. I, I think that if you're a fan of these type of party games where it's all about uh, getting together and working together to accomplish a goal uh, with that just simple 
mashing gameplay that gets more complicated as you go i think that you'll have a very very fun time playing this hell yeah a uh, little bit a little bit brain dead at times but you know that, that is what it is yeah we're all just zombies moving through the game yeah just like Stubbs, the main character of our next game Stubbs, the rebel zombie without a pulse Ooh. this is a game from asper media who uh, i think they've done a couple other games but they're mostly a publishing company now doing uh ports from like normal windows to you know ps5 and mac and linux especially they've worked on basically everything it seems from cod games to civilization to borderlands to uh bioshock and star wars and just a shit ton of indie things like they are all over the place they got their little fingies in all the pies and this game is going to cost you $19.99 if you get it outside the bundle. And I want to start by saying this is a game that was made in 2005. So it's it's kind of what you'd expect from that. It's a uh, third zombie. And I'm using that term instead of person. Third zombie. Get it? Uh, sandbox city destruction kind of game. You know, akin to like Destroy All Humans where you're you're put into a level... And it's sort of open worldish, and you can just run around and murder people and use your abilities to kind of get through and everything. A lot of like pointless destruction and violence. It's 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 all right. You know, you play as a zombie that's risen from the dead on a quest to on a quest for revenge, and you get access through to a bunch of tons of different abilities throughout the game. You get like uh, it's uh, melee attacks are the ones you start with, and then you can like throw your intestines like a grenade and blow them up. You get the ability to roll your head like a little bowling ball and blow it up. You get the ability to rip off your hand, and you know you can run around as the hand and use it to possess people and stuff. It's it's cool. There's there's a lot of variety in the attacks and, and abilities, so you can kind of play the games in a really unique way, however you feel like whatever fits your playstyle. Your abilities are all charged by eating more brains, so as you use them, you have to go and actually like consume people to recharge them. So there's a balance there. Uh, and as you kill them too, they get added to your undead army. So you kill a guy, and they get risen from the dead, and now you got a little zombie running around killing things too. Which is great, because like, it takes some of the work out from you, it distracts the enemies, and they serve as like just fodder for the environment and shit. They, like, run into traps and landmines and stuff and just blow up, and you don't have to worry about it now. There's sort of a it's Pikmin great. element to that a little bit, where it's sort of like you're, you're, you're capturing all of these people and sort of making them part of your army, but then you're also, they're like enemies to, to, hear, to friends, sort of. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a very Pikmin-esque element to it. It's kind of fun. And... Uh... Yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of the game. There's some fun little like mini games throughout. Like there's a boss fight where it's basically Simon says you're dancing off against this guy and you push the corresponding colored buttons as he does them. There so there's a little bit more variance in some of the boss fights too. You fight like a fat dude with a chainsaw and he the only way to damage him is to like sub get a horde of zombies to sort of flood around him and keep him staggered otherwise he'll one-shot you with the chainsaw. All in all, game development has come a long way since these games in like 2005 it, i felt like it lacked a lot of substance not to say it wasn't fun but like you know there were a lot of really minor 
things that you'd expect from a game developed in 2005, like three repeating voice lines for all of the enemies that you're attacking and just limited environments with tons of repeating assets and textures and things like that. Not a lot of variety in the enemy or the presentation of them or anything. It's all one skin for each enemy type. It just it it left a lot to be desired for like how far game design has come. But all in all, for a game from 2005, not terrible. The story is a, a little all over the place, as you might expect from a game like this. Uh, you know, you start you start in a utopia built by World War II Nazis that were brought to America to build the perfect city for some rich assholes. So very, <laughs> very American like roots here. Like you, 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 you are playing in the Nazi city built for rich people. It. <laughs> And people don't have to work. You know, there's there's a full automation in this city. The robots do everything. So the people just live their luxurious life. There's there's no crime in this town because you're not allowed. It's it's a beautiful communist utopia built by the Nazis for rich people. So <laughs> I was just going to say that, like, one of the things that sort of makes this game special is the fact that it's one of the f kind of earliest like strictly comedic satirical take in, of a video game like it, it's like this very very hard comedic edge to it like like it, what do you think of the comedy of it do you think that it was funny at all do you think that that, that there oh were yeah parts absolutely that, that, that made you bust a gut do you think that it's it's a little bit old and dated like what There's... do you think there's a lot of humor in it. I mean, a lot of it is old and dated. It's it's pretty corny jokes throughout some of it. You know, you get a new ability and it's like, oh, oh don't lose your head. And then you can roll your head like, like, so, like, like a, little it's a lot RC of corny one liners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, some of the themes and the satire of it is pretty clever and funny. Like a game made in 2005 making fun of bringing Nazis over from World War Two to like invent things for us and suddenly pardoning them of all their war crimes because they're smart and can build rockets ships like <laughs> that's silly there's a satirical element in there that's really silly and funny that they acknowledge it that you wouldn't expect from a game from 2005 and uh, yeah so so humor's the humor's all right it, it it's aged decently uh corny one-liners you know they're they're not for me but it's 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 clever and, and pretty fun and then yeah the the game opens with like you you coming back to life and your your hand rips out and grabs the hot dog from the couple about to make out and you pull it down and the guy's like freaking out and he's like ah he stole my hot dog and then that's the introduction of studs and the violence to the city and everything <laughs> is him stealing and... a hot dog that's a very new york thing yeah. isn't it <laughs> it's a very new york thing <laughs> and i think i i think there's Along the like the the satirical element, you know, it's playing with a lot of themes of like horror and and the classic portrayal of it. And like, you're not a brain dead zombie in this. You're a fucking intelligent zombie, which I absolutely loved. the The portrayal of the smart zombie in this was super cool. Like, you understand the metro and how it works. And the first thing you do is get on a fucking subway to go to like the city, the the center city, and and start spreading shit there. And then like you're you're outsmarting people and the cops and stuff. And and you know you have the capacity to understand dance as a zombie, like things you know the, he smokes like he just at one point he takes a lighter from someone and lights his cigarette like he's he's clearly like an intelligent zombie you know i can't think of many games off the top of my head that actually let you play as the zombie as a main feature i mean there's there's like left for yeah. dead that's, that's like a side feature though you know it's always a side the feature fact in that games. they took that as like 
we're gonna let you play as like the traditionally viewed as horror element too is it's super cool like if they played with a lot of really cool tropes in this and sort of defied them in a very smart way that that i think lends a lot of credit to the game itself mm-hmm. and apparently it was made by uh, people my... who went on to design halo that was a big part of the marketing apparently when it first came out i mean i'm not surprised yeah <laughs> <laughs> like made in the halo one combat evolved engine it feels like it it feels like it yeah <laughs> It is a pretty short game from what I understand. I think it's only about five hours long. Yeah, yeah. I was on chapter six of eight, I think. Yeah. So what wasn't terribly long at all. Could have finished it in a day. I honestly just, just kind of got bored of it after a while. Hey, that's fair. It, it, was, it was leaving a lot to be desired. It, it's an old game. It feels like an old game. And I, I would have rather just be like, I, I would have rather invested the time in some of the other games this bundle. Some of the other games... Well, I I guess I should like I think people who really want some nostalgia and really enjoy these kinds of games, uh, you know, like destroy all humans and stuff would probably enjoy this game. I I was made in 2005, though, so it's a bit dated and and I, I'd rather play something else because I feel like just everything about the, the core of this game has kind of gone under. So you, maybe you, you'd like to play something about a company that's gone under perhaps <laughs> uh folks this next the game... original accidental segue would have been way better fuck <laughs> <laughs> hey no yeah we're, we're running with it uh developed by agro crab this developer is based out of seattle this is their first game uh and apparently going under two is in the works as we speak uh their only other thing that they've developed is this weird little experiment called party engine which is a procedurally generated party simulator, and it's really fun. What? You, like, literally place elements into it, and then it makes a party happen. It's really cute. <laughs> uh, but while you're looking that up, this game was published by Team17. I mentioned them last week. They also do the Worms games, uh, and they publish a ton of other really, really fun and great indie games. Uh, I'm not going to mention all of them again, because I mentioned a ton last week. The price for this game is $20 alone, plus $8 for the uh, soundtrack, or all together for $25. And it is a satirical dungeon crawler about exploring the cursed ruins of failed tech startups. You wield whatever you can around the office as a weapon while fighting through these procedurally generated dungeons in uh, these areas beneath the company that you're interning at. So, uh... The story kind of goes like you you are the newest intern at this this soda company uh called Fizzle that recently was bought out by Cubicle Corp in this place called Neo Cascadia. And while your boss was supposed to be hiring you as a marketing intern, everybody noticed how you were handling like combat better and like be basically becoming an ex- an exterminator for all the joblins and nasty critters populating their basement. So you're basically just sent in as an unpaid, uninsured pest control to go get rid of all of these like tech startups that have been developing in like their basements and like all of these like contractors that have sort of made it their home. Uh, <laughs> which there's already great, great satire going on there. 
So you get to, uh, throughout the game, enlist your co-workers as mentors, who actually give you bonuses during each run of the game, because this is a roguelite, and uh, every time you die, you sort of go back to the main area to sort of progress the story. A little bit like Hades, if you've ever played that game, uh, where every time you die, you get like a little bit more story, and you get to check in with all the different characters. It also is where you get to turn in quests and stuff like that. You get a little bit more lore that way. Uh, every time a quest is completed, you increase your mentor level with them, uh, giving you m more bonuses and more story with them. Uh, every character in this game, I think, is, like, fucking great. Uh, they're both lovable and hateable at, at the same time. It's like a perfect balancing act that they've made here, and the, the art for them is really cute, too. Like, for example, there's, like this fucking goofball football ceo who pays for things out of his company credit card as his mentor thing he's like yo man everything's chill let me pay for it on my company card and he's all about the ideas and he doesn't have any idea what anybody actually does for a job like <laughs> yep. uh there's like the lazy barista who like just doesn't get like the hustle life He's like kind of talks like this. He floats with the protagonist, and he also helps you out by stealing stuff from the vendors. Uh, there's like this grumpy engineer girl who chills out with the company dog, uh, but she has to manage all of the tech on her own. And like her entire plight is just so relatable to me as a person who does tech in theater. We are just expected to be able to do every <laughs> single thing as the tech person. You're just like, oh, you're the engineer. Oh, well, can you have a new website up by like tomorrow? <laughs> it's like no <laughs> no no um uh but yeah there's so many characters in this that's just to scratch the surface every one of them is fun and memorable even the vendor that you meet in like the joblin area the first area that you go to is really fun i haven't gotten too much further past that game but i i, I just i know that this is such an incredible game i just didn't have time for to play it any more than i i did already uh but it's just also so colorful as well. It's been a while since I played a game that is this colorful, that is so vibrant and exciting and like just just to look at it at any given moment, it's like just different. Uh, I mentioned this in the Panzer Paladin episode, but it's like double here. Just just the the color palette is exciting and vibrant and so much fun. So to actually play the game, you have an attack and a charged attack. You have a button where you can interact and pick up items. You can drop your item, you can switch your held item, you can throw your item, you can dodge, or you can switch focus on your enemies. That's basic, that's like the whole thing. The, the fun of this game comes from improvising from the weapons that you find around the office and adapting with what the game is given to you. Because you start out fresh on every single run, you don't have anything going into it except for maybe an ability that you can unlock later, or like a mentor who helps you out at certain points during the run. But otherwise, it's just you walk around, you grab a cactus, you grab a laptop, you grab a stapler, and you start g going to town with these motherfuckers. <laughs> and there are apps that you can get in the game uh, that act sort of like tarot cards or pills in Binding of Isaac, where you use them and they give you a random temporary effect or a special item. Those are, are nice, and uh, they, they come in very helpful in a pinch. Each run has you doing uh, a different door that it goes to, like a different complex with a different business. So the first one that I was doing was like the Joblin one, and then there are other subcontractors in like the other ones. Like the one that uh, it just opened up, like is uh, for example a cryptocurrency based startup. So it's all about cryptocurrency, 
and uh, all of the things inside of there are like making fun of cryptocurrency so <laughs> <laughs> I, I i love it man and the fact that each run is capped off with like the visits to all the NPCs give the game a really nice sense of pace that you're not always having to rush to fight, to fight, to fight, to fight, to kind of keep in the, to, you know, to stay from going under. I feel like a lot of roguelikes have been using that sort of model. And I think it's going to, I, I think it's going to be a yeah. sort of genre defining feature moving forward. I think it is. It's sort of this. I don't know who was the first one to do it, but it, it definitely is very nice. I, I know that like Rogue Legacy, for example, had like a, a castle that you would upgrade in between runs. But mm -hmm. to have it be a space that you get to walk around in and talk to people and sort of do upgrades and stuff, it makes it feel more homely. Like you actually enjoy visiting it every time. And it gives a really good vessel for storytelling in roguelites, which yeah. I think is a thing the genre has been missing pretty severely up to this point. Because every time that you die, the story can progress, whether or not you succeed or not. The story can progress, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the game can sort of react naturally to your successes and failures uh, and to provide you with different dialogue, which is really fun. And it makes you feel like you're actually having an impact on the game and on the world, uh, which I really appreciate. But of course, you're still an unpaid intern without health insurance. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, the the fun of this game comes from getting the random buffs uh, on each run. Uh, like one of the successful runs that I got, uh, I found a vampire that like gives you a curse, essentially a temporary curse, and then he gives you a bunch of buffs uh, for doing it that are like long term. So the temporary curse was that I had to play in first person mode for two fights. <laughs> and then after I succeeded at that, uh, I had like basically like a spinning axe to help me out. And all of my weapons were gigantic and I had an extra thing of health. So damn like <laughs> and when you do runs, you can unlock more things to find on future runs as well. There's like different types of currency that you can use to unlock more of these kind of upgrades and uh, the same way that like, you know, another like enter the gungeon where you buy, uh, you know, things that you can throw down into the gungeon to find later. It also had this working from home update that was like a free content update. Uh, that added the ability so that you can just go home at any point. It was really funny how the boss introduces it. He's like, yeah, everybody knows working from home is just an excuse to like, you know, go home and listen to music and change your clothes or whatever. So like, <laughs> you can go home and chill. <laughs> it's sort of, it's negative, but it's always in like a weirdly positive light mm -hmm. <laughs> in a way that that's very fun and inviting and engaging and makes you want to dive in, even though it's sort of representative of this hell startup company. Um, oh, also there's this thing that, I wanted to mention besides the post game content that they added from the working from home update, which is cool. There's an assist mode in this game. And I think that that's something that more games should have because they say, uh, if our game is inaccessible due to its difficulty, we hope that these options will allow you to enjoy it. And those options are things like having extra hearts up to five higher weapon durability, more invincibility after taking damage, more dodge roll invincibility and lower enemy health. And you can individually toggle any of those to be on or off if you'd like. And I don't believe that they actually interfere with achievements at all. So if you wanted to just play this game for the story even and just kind of 
go right through that main content, just just mash through it, just having a good time. Like, you totally can. Something I feel like Hades was lacking. You think? Tell me about that, because I actually never played Hades. Yeah. I, I mean, Hades didn't have those kinds of options, and I know that was a big complaint about a lot of people who were enjoying the story of it, is that the game was just too difficult to actually progress through and and see more of the story. Yeah, no, totally. And this is a game that, like, it, it wants to be approachable by anyone. It wants anybody to be able to pick this up and have a good time and make it to the end. There are so many fun things that can happen along the way that they've just sort of been adding in for free along the, you know, with all these content updates and the fact that they have a new sequel coming out soon. I think that, like, you, if you look at this game, just taking a glance at it, you'll probably know immediately if it's for you or not. Like, it's just the kind of game that pops. You see it and it's like, oh, the style is fun. It's offbeat. You know, this this whole story about uh, startup work culture is probably going to be really relatable to a lot of people. I know that it is for me because I've worked in very similar situations to like what's coming into here, either what I'm doing right now or like in the past before. Certainly what I'm doing right now is a lot better in jobs that I've had in the past. Like it's just so I can just see these characters as people that I've like I've seen and lived with before and like I've, I've worked with. I, I think that you should pick it up if you have any interest at all in what I've described. I love this game. And I'm going to go back and defeat all the different dungeons. So if you're in dungeon crawlers, you should give this one a look. Crawling all over the office, looking for supplies, throwing them at each other. It's a lot of fun. And if you're really into dungeons, like the kind that are in a basement, then Secret Neighbor is just for you. Really? Tell me more. This is a game from Hollow Griff and Eerie Guest Studios. It's their only game. And it's published by Tiny Build. Who would have thought it takes Wait. place in the Hello Neighbor world and universe? How is this their only game? What, what about Hello Neighbor? Uh, they didn't do Hello Neighbor. So this is a separate developer working in the Hello Neighbor universe in the Hello Neighbor engine? Yes, I believe so. Let me double check because I'm pretty sure Tiny Build. Oh, no, yeah. So Dynamic Pixels did Hello Neighbor. Interesting. Yeah, so this is this is a separate developer who was granted uh granted rights to use the Hello Neighbor universe, I guess. I mean, they're doing Hello Neighbor 2. Eerie Guest is doing Hello Neighbor 2, which is interesting. I guess they really liked Secret their work on Secret Neighbor. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe there's more to that than I know. Maybe the company that did Hello Neighbor became Eerie Studios. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Didn't look that far into it. Who knows? But Tiny Build is the publisher. And they did Hello Neighbor and just tons of other games, honestly. Tiny Build has done a lot. They've been around for a while. It's too hard to list everything they've done. Mm -hmm. This game will cost you a pretty penny of nineteen ninety nine outside the bundle, which... <laughs> it's This game's a, it's an asymmetric multiplayer game, you know, like Among Us, uh, Unfortunate Spaceman, Dead by Day... Wow. My mouth. It's not doing the mouth right. It's another asymmetric multiplayer game, like Among Us, or Unfortunate Spacemen, or Dead by Daylight. You know, those kinds of games. This one, specifically, is six players, one traitor. You all start out as kids, but one person is the neighbor. At any point, the neighbor can transform from a kid to the neighbor and start attacking them. If he kills them, they get vaporized into missing posters, but while he's trying to, the other kids can throw objects at him to interrupt him from killing them, and he'll drop them. It's first-person, kind of hide-and-seek kind of uh, social deduction. There's a variety of abilities that all the kids have. It's, it adds a lot of kind of interesting gameplay. 
that like the engineer can find scraps to build weapons. There's a detective that gets photos of where keys are. There's the another kid that gets a slingshot to distract the neighbor. There's another one that gets oh, what else was there? The one that I played was the bagger, and his ability was that he had an extra inventory slot, and that if you had three inventory slots full for a certain amount of time, then he got a fourth inventory slot. Yep, and then there was another one that was like, if you hit the traitor three times, you get the ability to escape. So a lot, lot of variety added by the kids' abilities, which I thought was kind of cool. It, it sort of shifts up the gameplay and gives you some new skills and stuff to use. And it's not locked. Every every player can play the same character if they want, or you can all play different ones. That being said, the game seems to heavily favor the neighbor. Mm -hmm. Getting so the kids, what they have to do is find key cards, which open area like areas that are locked throughout the map. You can disable the key cards to just have free roam of the map, which I think would make it a little easier. We didn't actually try it, mm -hmm. but. You have to find keys hidden throughout the map, use the keys to unlock the door to the basement and escape. And unless you have like a real good familiarity with the maps, it's kind of it's kind of skewed towards the neighbor. The neighbor has full access to run around the map. They can kick down the key carded doors and everything. Uh, one of the neighbors has a ranged attack to pull people away. The other one can disguise himself really well amongst the kids. The other one can literally shapeshift into objects and like cloud your vision and stuff. So unless the kids are heavily working together, it becomes very easy, it seems, for the neighbor to just pick them off real easy. It, it seemed, it seemed, I mean, we were only playing, we got four players max going, I think. So we didn't have a huge crew. But it definitely seems like the neighbor is at the advantage and the kids are, are struggling. The PC servers were kind of dead, though. Yeah, there were like mention. three games, maybe, that we could find of other people playing. It was mostly just us and all the other games were seeming they seemed like they were just friends fucking around on the game or maybe people trying it for the first time in lobby like private lobbies and stuff. Not not a lot. Not a, like a quick matchmaking system to find a bunch of people either. I, I think there was a matchmaking system, but we didn't test it. It might be better if you try through there. But the custom games and servers, the list was dead, honestly. So I, I don't think there was a lot there. The uh, They did have a variety of weekly game modes, though. Like this week's was Prop Hunt. So it, it's literally like the game Prop Hunt, but in secret neighbor which is kind of cool i think it's fun having like featured game types that that change and, and rotate and there's a mobile version it's for iphone only but there's a mobile version of this game and it seemed like the lobbies on that were actually popping off mm -hmm. so if you got an iphone it might be worth checking out and it's free on mobile you you know it's got the sort of freemium economy of like you have to buy the children or get the coins to unlock them same with the other neighbors but it seems really fitting for mobile, seems really fitting to be a free game and have that sort of freemium model, especially considering other games in the sort of genre. Storyline-wise, this game takes place between Act 1 and Act 2 of Hello Neighbor. It's canon. That's where it takes place. That's it. That's the only story. There, there's there's wow. no cutscenes or storyline throughout the game. It is It is a multiplayer game. <laughs> 
all in all, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I would not buy it at the normal pro- price point. I, I think it probably needs to be free, especially considering it's free on mobile and every other game of this style is pretty much free on PC. So why get you and your friends to spend $20 each when you can play Dead by Daylight for free or Among Us for like a dollar or... Please note, Dead by Daylight is not, I repeat, not a free-to-play game. This was set in error. We sincerely apologize. Go buy Dead by Daylight. It's a fun game. It, not being free, I think, really hurts this game and the community and, and the server sizes and everything. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun to fuck around with friends. I could, I could see myself going back to it. David said he probably wouldn't go back to it. But I, I think it's a little more lighthearted and thinky and less sort of lie. The deduct, it's got less deduction and more sort of fun gameplay. I that that I could see myself going back to for, and and it's not as intense as some of the other games like Dead by Daylight and stuff. So I, I think it provides a sort of different area that that is lacking in some of the other games that uh, that I really enjoyed. It's a it's a fun fuck around on a Friday night kind of game. I feel like in order to make these games good, you have to make the experience of the survivors just as fun, if not more fun, than the experience of the person who is trying to capture. And I am just not sure that I had that much fun as the kid running around trying to find keys and stuff. I don't think that the objectives are that fun. I kind of agree with that. I I could see the objectives being more fun if the hide-and-seek element was a little more played up. But it, it it's really hard because, you know, the the neighbor is a kid like the whole time. So it's not like you can really hide. They're just mm-hmm. following you around until you're alone. So I, I think that that kind of detracts from the kid's experience. I think it'd be a lot more fun if the neighbor just started out as the neighbor and, and they were wandering around trying to find you in like, from like a different location. Because mm-hmm. then you can really play into that hide and seek element. And it's less, you know, finding the objectives becomes a little more fun. Social deductioning. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. But then they can't call it secret neighbor. <laughs> yeah, then it's not secret neighbor anymore. <laughs> then it's just... But I, I agree. The The kid's experience was a little watered down. But I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it all around. Probably not for everyone. Definitely wouldn't pay money on it. Good one to get in a bundle. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the the multiplayer on this game... It, there's just no one completely empty like a wasteland it's completely and utterly desolate just like our next game desolate nirga is the studio that did this next game they are currently developing void train they uh which it looks very interesting actually i will say you upgrade and build this train you deliver packages and like fly through the air uh in this first person shooter campaign for one to four players Looks very interesting. Uh, but the d- publisher here is Hype Train Digital. They did Breath Edge that came out recently. Uh, such art creative space. I really wanted to try that one out. The Wild 8, which we featured in the bundle. Stoneheart, Police Stories, and more. Uh, it costs $25 with an original soundtrack that costs an additional $6. And it is a 1-4 to four player open world survival horror game set in the fictional Soviet or Slavic-inspired land of Grinichny. Grinichny? Grinichny. Grinichny. 
It plays very similarly to games like Dead Island, but with a lot less focus on the humor and the combat with more of an exploration on, or more of a focus on the exploration and the stealth and maintaining your core stats like health, hunger, stress, hydration, and warmth. It plays very heavily into the supernatural elements of this sort of setting with abstract anomalies that you get to interact with at times and a lot of uh, hostile enemies, sometimes helpful entities come around. But usually, for the vast majority, everything wants to kill you. This is, like I said, a first-person shooter exploration game with an emphasis on the melee combat, so ammo is really scarce. Guns are there, and they pack a serious punch when you do use them, but they become useless the second you run out of ammo. So I usually only keep like maybe one on me at a time, and I'll only ever have like two or three bullets, it seems like, at a time, especially in the early game. So it's only for those situations where I get cornered and it's like, I need damage now. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to get these guys out of my face. There's too many of them, you know. Or maybe if you if you end up sneaking up on some guys and taking out a whole encampment or something, then you might need to uh, use them for a firefight that you get into in that sort of a situation. But uh, the other options that you have in combat are that you can use a rock to stun your opponent, which is a little bit of damage. And in a recent update, they added more combat options, like the ability to kick opponents back and to counterattack after a successful block. Uh, that update apparently also added some like FPS and like lighting improvements, character and enemy animations improvements, like a lot of general quality of life stuff. And this game does sit at like around a 50%. I think it's like 69%. It says it's mixed right now on Steam, uh, which I kind of get, honestly. Um, I'm going to get into that, but I, I think that this game isn't quite getting the the attention that it deserves. The combat can get a little jittery at times, and it does sort of remind me of Skyrim, but it has a little bit more depth in that there are more options for any given moment. Uh, it just is a little bit finicky. The game does look and play very good, though, because of the quality of life updates, and uh, I never really had any serious issues with like jittering or stuttering, even when I was streaming, which was awesome. Stealth in this game is what you're going to be doing for the majority of the game. Most engagements really just aren't worth fighting in. You have med kits and healing items that are really, really scarce. So when you do use them, you want to be careful about it. And when you die, you have to run all the way back to your body within 10 minutes. Otherwise, you lose everything that was on your body. So weight limits are a big deal. It could be an issue when you're trying to retrieve your body and then you grabbed a whole bunch of stuff on the way to your body and then you get to your body and then you don't have enough room for all of the stuff that you you know previously had. Uh, saving is definitely your friend when you're in single player. Uh, auto saving in this game sucks. D don't rely on it Oof. at all. It is so Oof. bad. It gives you three auto saves, and they're usually seconds before the moment that you wanted to go back. And it's like it's like saving a moment that's like you didn't want to be saved. So you have to be saving on your own a lot of the time in this game in single player if you want to like kind of not lose all of your crap all of the time. The world does feel a little flat. At times, there aren't many non-hostile NPCs to talk to in this game. Pretty much everything, like I said earlier, wants to kill you. Everything else wants to sell you something. <laughs> so <laughs> any other dialogue is reserved for quest givers or like random lines you hear from enemies. Literally everyone else, you talk to them, you walk up to them, you press the dialogue button, and it opens up a barter. 
Like there's no no dialogue, nothing like leading up to it. You just walk up to them and and then you see their their cigarettes, their alcohol, and their gaslight that they sort of have in their pocket. And they're like, "Do you do you want this? Do you have do you have something that that would make this work?" And that's every person. So that doesn't really affect me with this sort of feeling like I'm in a living, breathing world that makes me feel like I'm in a transactional world that's entirely video game based. Uh, but I don't think that like necessarily like that is like something that destroys the game to me. Uh, there are anomalies in this game that I mentioned earlier. They added a really cool atmosphere to the game and especially to the exploration. Some of them are a little bit boring. There's this sparkly stuff that hurts you if you touch it, for example, and that's it. That's all it does. It's just kind of see-through and stuff, and it's the first time you encounter it and you touch it, you kind of know what to expect for the rest of it. That's the same with the portal anomaly, which uh, when you see it for the very first time, you're like, holy fucking shit, there's a giant red orb in this fucking place. What does it do? And then you run into it, like you save, and then you run into it, and then it teleports you to a random part in the map. And then after that, it's like, oh, well, I know what to expect now. <laughs> it's just, it teleports you to a random spot. That's it. That's all it, that's all it does. Okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Which I will say, that added to a lot of really interesting parts of the game where, like, I would just run to it. And then, like, the storytelling of me being in a hor- like a horribly far north place in the map and then trying to make my way back to where I need to be. Like, that's interesting storytelling. And I really enjoyed that. It's just that when you do, when you do it once, you know exactly what it is forever. The the things that interested me the most were like these moving anomalies. It seemed like they were alive almost. They had like almost a humanoid appearance and they were see-through. Uh, but I never got close enough to and approached them. I assumed that it would just attack me, which, I mean, that isn't very interesting. <laughs> That's all it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exploration, though, is definitely where this game is at its finest. There's a lot of very interesting environments to explore. Uh, the thing is, is that the HUD in this game fucking sucks. Turn it off immediately. I, I, I got rid of it as soon as I got into the tutorial and I figured out what everything did. Like, it is so overwhelming. It gives you way too much information. You don't need to know every single person's, like, health points, for example. Like, just like a random NPC. You don't need to know that. It's too much information. And, and like, I, I found myself just staring at my compass at the top of the screen the entire game while I was playing instead of actually using my eyeballs to, like, navigate around me and, like, using my map to, like, look for landmarks and then travel to through to those, you know? And, and, and that's mm-hmm. why I say, like, this game can be very immersive. If you're playing it with the HUD off and you're listening to all of the sounds around you, you're constantly checking, you know, for your, your health to see, like, you know, if you're panting a lot, then you maybe you got to, like, uh, get some water in you. You know, you hear something off in the distance, you crouch, you sneak it past it, and, and you're kind of living in this hostile world in a way that feels organic and like you're actually responding to things that are in front of you rather than like responding to systems and bars and stuff like that um i feel like that is the proper way to play this game and if you're gonna play it then you should do that uh it does get a little bit hard because there's no button prompts that pop up when you take the hud out so like if you need to know what the controls are don't feel bad about like checking the controls or anything like that or turning on the hud maybe in the towns because there's a lot of button prompts that pop up in towns. But other than that, like the, the, the fact that there's so many cool and interesting things to explore in this game uh, makes it very rewarding. And the fact that <laughs> it just showers you with achievements for every fucking thing that you do in this game. 
every time you kill a new mm -hmm. unique enemy or, or do something unique or, or do a quest and it gives you a little boom achievement which feels nice the story i didn't really get too deep into because i couldn't get too far into the game really i died a lot and it's pretty tough uh, it'd be a lot easier with more people you have to help this researcher figure out what's going on uh, with the people of Grunichny, and you're kind of doing research onto some of the biological experiments that are there. That was the, the story mission that I was working on when I sort of quit. But other than that, uh, it seems more about a game about getting lost in this world than necessarily about following one particular story, although there is a story to follow if you're interested in it. Mm -hmm. uh, so like I said, my opinion... If you're going to go for this one, just get through this tutorial. Then once you know all the controls, turn off the HUD. Only use it when you get into towns and need it. If you can get some friends, that's awesome. But uh, it's pretty fun, even just in single player. It's the most immersed I've been in a video game in a while. Despite the universe feeling a little bit flat, I feel like it's a place that I wanted to explore more. And... That I was kind of surprised about that. I didn't expect that going in, so it was, it was a bit That's of a win. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just, God, that HUD sucks. Do something about that, please, in the next game. <laughs> Get a better HUD designer. It's it's important. Anyway. <laughs> HUD's very important. HUD is very important. It can make or break a game, honestly. Straight up. No, straight up. Like I think that's why this game has such so many bad reviews, in all honesty, because the HUD sucks. It makes the game not fun. It makes you looking at bars and, 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 and thinking about things in like a numbers game and you're looking at the, the compass instead of actually playing the game. Like just be in the world, pretend like you're actually there and like live there for a little bit. Just 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 enjoy that de that desolate feeling of being alone in the wilderness. And uh, yeah, if, if that sounds like something that, that, that you'd like, you, you know, you're going to maybe find something you can enjoy in this game. Uh <clears throat> but uh, just in general uh i i do understand why some people would kind of be a little bit like disjointed a little bit from this game like they don't really want to they don't really click they don't really vibe with it it's not for everybody you know yeah it sounds like there's a whole disjunction there yeah just the whole whole mess of just disjunction I, I don't know if that's what that word means, but disjunction is our next game from Eight yeah. Tribe Games. I'm making a face that I don't know what that word means, but you know what? We're running with it now because that's what we decided. Well, well, Are you well, looking well, it up well, well. now? You're looking uh, it up? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely am. A lack of correspondence or consistency. A relationship between two distinct alternatives. So absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, Disjunction, a game from Eight Tribe Games. It's their only game. <laughs> you might say you you might say there was a uh disjunction between that segue in the next game. You could say that. You could say that. Wow. Published by Sold Out Digital. <laughs> oh god. I'm going to uh, who is also publishing Kiwi, which is coming out soon and it looks so fucking cute. It's a cookies and cream oh. style cooperative puzzle game. Cannot so wait good. for it. They've also done Mech Warrior and Radical Ro Rabbit Stew and Big Crown Showdown. This game is 15.99 and it's, uh, it's pretty solid. It's a top-down stealth action game. If you've played games like Dishonored or Wildfire, it's in that same genre of like you're given 
uh, a world that you have like enemies on set paths and stuff and you have to sort of figure out their patrol patterns and their movement and stealth past them or deal with them with your abilities that you have. You can choose to stealth through the entire game, not even alerting an enemy. You can choose to stealth through and kill them or subdue them. Or you can just go murder hobo and just guns a-blazing and murder everyone. You know, a lo lot of different variety in how you play this game. And it's sort of almost like a puzzle game in that sense. Uh, the the stealth... Oh, I, <laughs> this special note. I would not recommend going guns blazing through this game. It's definitely <laughs> tailored to stealth. And the enemies pack a hell of a fucking punch. Like, you will get two shot by them. You have to... If you're going guns blazing, you have to plan out those fucking moments. Because it is, it is rough. Mm-hmm. More of a pure stealth game. Yeah, it's it's intended for stealth. Not that you can't do it the other way, but intended for stealth. And the stealth is really solid. Uh, the me main mechanic is when you're crouched, you can see the enemy's vision cones, so where they'll be alerted if you're standing. And if you step into shadows, it reduces their vision cones by about half. So there's this play of, like, stepping in and out of the shadows and avoiding their areas of, of view. And it's great. It adds a lot of planning, and there's a lot of, like, waiting to learn their movement patterns and stuff. But every every moment feels like it kind of pays off in the end because there is that sort of strategizing and figuring out, like, okay, when that guy's there, I can I can rush out real quick and kill this dude. Or, or that guy turns just a little bit so I can get in behind him and kill him without the other dude seeing me. Things like that. It, the, the stealth feels really, really good. And... There's there's an energy system which feels super rewarding and makes it feel like your abilities have actual agency and you have to think about when to use them. So every character, three characters total, each of them has different abilities. Like one of them has like a smoke grenade. The other one has uh, the ability to like charge or buff up their attacks or uh, a stun grenade that they can throw. So each character has like different abilities that play into it. Each ability uses different amounts of energy and you can sometimes find energy from subduing enemies or finding it on the map you're, you're given very little throughout the levels though so you really have to kind of think about how and when you want to use your abilities I, I think the energy mechanic is really nice and and adds a lot of like well now i'm you know you can't just ability spam your way through things the story is fucking wild it is loaded with lore every dialogue box uh there are things that are in orange text and you can hover over the orange text to get more context about what it's talking about so they might just casually drop a name in a conversation that you don't know anything about you can scan over the name and it gives you the background of that character that they're referencing and like what they're doing where they're at like why why that character is being sort of referenced in that area and same with, like, city locations and, you know, items, drug names, things like that. They they all have sort of these context contextual orange highlights that you can highlight over them and find out more about the lore and the world and everything. It's a nice way of not forcing you into, like, reading pages and sort of put, piecing the lore together. I, I think the system is really good for, like... They want to have this big, rich world, but they also don't want the players to feel left out or also have to spend you know pointless time running around levels looking for collectibles to figure out what it means and it gets rid of a lot of pointless exposition so I, I think it's a great way to sort of dive into the story without needing to explain everything the game itself 
takes place in this fucking capitalist dystopia. It's great. <laughs> and we don't feel too far from it. It's fucking scary. There's essentially, they're in, you know, big city of New York, and and the, the homeless and the downtrodden people, they basically banded together to make a Chaz in, in New York City. So, like, it, it, it's, it is fucking akin to the Chaz or the, the Capitol Hill Occupied Zone, you know? Oh, they okay. They fucking poured into this place and they they barred off the city officials and they kept the cops out and stuff and eventually the city was just like all right they can keep their shanty town public support was for them because they didn't want like you know the people weren't for oh let's go beat up the homeless people with the cops like they weren't for it so eventually the city was just like all right that that exists now this this sort of new central city of like decentralized people living together in their weird city exists now so Mm. Super cool. And you're playing as a detective investigating the alleged crime of one of the members of the community. Like a high-profile member of the community had just gotten arrested for dealing drugs and doing a murder or something like that. Uh, so it's it's an interesting start. And then the game just fucking slams you into themes. And and the gameplay is fun too. Like like solving these sort of stealth puzzles and and breaking through and like... I, I think there's a lot of fun in the gameplay, too. So, I yeah, the, I, I love this game. I think the themes are great, super engaging. The gameplay's a lot of fun and really captures that puzzle element of things. The story's fucking phenomenal. Like, play this shit and, and, and realize, like, ah, it, it, it's good. It's good. Play this game. I, I just, <laughs> It's all around really solid. I enjoyed it. Well, that was a good, solid, all-around month, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. Like, I, there aren't that many games this month that I think were explicitly bad. There were some games that were, like, yeah. kind of boring, but, like, were yeah. still very interesting in some ways. But a really good month altogether, I think. Yeah, yeah. What's your game of the month? My game what's, of the month. What's your favorite from all of it? Well, I mean, I still really love Sid Meier's from last week. I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Sid Meier's is super, super good. Uh... I really liked Paw 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 this week, actually, surprisingly so. And Desolate mm-hmm. also kind of surprised me a little bit. But going under, I mean, I kind of almost knew going into it that it would be my jam. But when I finally got my sweet little toes into there, into that jelly, I was just just lost in the sauce, man. I love it. Yeah. I, I think I'm really going to have to play that one. Yeah, this is the kind of game that a lot of people are going to be able to get into, and I'm surprised that it hasn't taken off as much as, as it already has. Because I mean, it was overshadowed because it released at like the same time as Hades. I think that's what it must have been. I think that it was released mm-hmm. at that exact same time, and so people were just like, "Oh, this is the this like the 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 roguelite that I'm playing." Wait, whoa, what what roguelite? Yeah. Hades, you know. It, it, it's just it's it's too much of a crowded market at that moment i think but it's it i don't want it to get overshadowed because it's it's too much fun t- for people to not play it hell yeah mine mine still i can fell a disjunction is up there real good game but like you can't beat the fucking representation and everything and i can fell like it is it is a picture perfect mm. game of like what fucking what we should be moving towards in like game design especially with like the themes and and the way it handles subjects and shit like phenomenal phenomenal plus plus wizards wizards without turfs plus wizards baby (laughs) i will say that the whole thing about diversity if that was our theme for this month i do feel like that carried through to these games as well 
you know, uh, a little, at least a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, maybe not so much paw paw paw, unless you consider animal diversity to be a thing. But they are very much anti-diverse pant wearing. You know, like they're not about pants. So that's, I mean, that's kind of anti-diversity. You, didn't, you in a way. didn't hit on all the class struggle that that game talks about, but like it's there. The themes are there. You, th- you think? Yeah, like the the the, 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 the pantsless, the I, I was downtrodden. Half joking. The... I was half joking, but also half serious when we were streaming it. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit there, but I feel like yeah. the, the disproportionate response of just killing everyone that that wears pants is a little bit like <laughs> it's a little a little bit much. Uh, but then you know you have uh, going under which you play as an intern and like there's a whole bunch of different like diverse characters in there uh desolate was kind Stubbs, of all you Russian. play as a zombie you know desolate was all actually that one doesn't really fit it was, it was all white <laughs> all russian all day but a but a pretty pretty overarching theme of like representation yeah all the different like children and secret neighbor <laughs> <laughs> What uh? What else are you playing this this week? I'm not playing anything else. I've just been grinding through bundle games. Yeah, I have had time to do a little bit of things here and there. I actually did two things of Mario Kart. I did Mario Kart Eight. Uh, a lot of people have been streaming it. We had uh one of our friends Cass stream it, and we also had uh a guy by the name of Blue Ben, who's an Australian streamer. I was I rated him the other night, and he was playing it, and so I just ended up joining in. And I I've been sort of going hard on mario kart recently and i haven't really played much of eight until recently on my own so i, I while i'm editing this podcast i'm probably going to be playing more of that or the phone version uh mm-hmm. and also speaking of phone version i got pokemon go that i mentioned last week and i'm still playing it it's still going i'm still catching stuff and i actually went for a walk the other day so it's getting a little scary hell yeah yeah is there anything else? Do do your E3 wrap up. Go 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 quick. Blast it. Fuck it. All right. It'll be another long podcast. Actually, we got yeah. a lot we can cut out, but go. All right. Quick E3 blast. So we got some fresh indies that I wanted to mention from the indie showcase. We got Life Slide, which is a game where you play as a paper airplane in the wind on a long journey. We have Fallen Aces, which is a crime noir first person shooter with a comic book art style. Larsenots, a six v six ball stealer. Where it looks fun, Moolander. I it's hard to describe this beyond that it has spaceships and cows, and it's I think it's co-op, and we should probably play it at some point. <laughs> Extra Galactica looks interesting. It is a college football's captain to fight to defend his rival planet from the rogue villain in his professor's favorite arcade game. That is the Steam description because I I can't summarize it better than that. Uh, two different games actually were announced that i don't know that i mentioned last time that were both made to look like stop motion animation and i think that they're both really interesting one of them is harold halibut which is a handmade narrative game about friendship and life in a city-sized spaceship submerged in an alien ocean uh and it apparently uses mocap for all of its animation and then there's Vocabulantis, where they actually use real physical characters and props and real stop motion with procedural lighting to make it look more real uh, in the actual in-game engine. And it is about the first time you held hands, where all you see is crafted by hands on the website. 
Hell yeah. Uh, then I'm just going to go through Nintendo real quick. They announced a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, there is a new Smash Bros. character, a, a Tekken. We, we, Kazuya Mishima is in the house, baby. He looks like uh, he has the most moves of any Super Smash Bros. character ever in the history of Smash Bros. It's kind of insane. He, I don't know how his they're going to make it happen, but they're definitely making it happen. Uh, Danganronpa Decadence was announced, which is a combination of the first three Danganronpa games and the post-game board game that's now been expanded to its own standalone release that you can also all buy uh, digitally individually on the Nintendo Store. They showed a little bit more of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Still no announcement of the name. Apparently that's like too spoilery. Uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp was announced, and that is super hype. It's a a remake of a classic Game Boy Advance uh, strategy RPG series. Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope was announced, which is a sequel to uh, one of the craziest mashups of a couple years ago. And it's a strategy game with the Rabbids and Mario characters. Fatal Frame, there's a new Fatal Frame. Maiden of Black Water, it exists. WarioWare, Get It Together is a new game in the WarioWare franchise. I'm so, so pumped for Let's that. Let's go, WarioWare. God, I love WarioWare. Oh, and Cruise and Blast is one that I don't see a lot of people mentioning, but I really like the Cruise and series, and I guess it's a port from the arcade release of this that's coming to uh, Nintendo Switch. And finally, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania was announced, which is a compilation of like basically every single Monkey Ball game, which that is hype. Hell yeah. And uh, the Capcom conference was basically completely negligible. It, they didn't announce anything new. I just wanted to mention that Ace Attorney Chronicles is coming out in July and you should buy it. I already pre-ordered it, but they, they announced it at their E3. <laughs> anyway. Hell yeah. That's it. Uh, the charity this month is the It Gets Better Project. It's a charity dedicated to pushing representation for LGBTQ youths and everything. Fantastic looking charity. If you buy the bundle, you're supporting them, which is great. I, I'm so here for it. Mm -hmm. So we have a question that we posed last time what themes do we think or feel are underrepresented and that we would like to see more of in video games i'd like to hear your answer my answer uh was <laughs> anti-capitalism stuff is always great <laughs> my original my original answer was going to be more mental health stuff after playing milky way prince last month but honestly i i'd like to see some more like just surrealist absurdist postmodern stuff like that's made with absolutely no meaning or themes you know represented to begin with that just like has nonsense we can extrapolate stuff out of hmm. i like you that. know bl blank canvases that that you can interpret your own meaning onto i, I don't think yeah. enough games do that i think most of them are like we have an idea of what we want to talk about we need more waiting for Godot's in video games. You know, we do. Uh, my answer for this was motherhood. I think that every fucking game that comes out these days is about dads. We, we, it's time for moms to shine. I want games that are about the, the mother experience, about being a mom, the experience of motherhood, what it, what it means to be a mother. I think that those are all themes that are sorely sorely underrepresented video games whereas dads get all the fun i really like that answer that's a really good answer thank you i thought oh, about yeah. it in like five seconds because 
I think about moms a lot. <laughs> I I don't. Moms are not on the top of my <laughs> they're list. Not on think your about. Ag- <laughs> they're not on your agenda. <laughs> <laughs> my my mother's game would just be chocolate milk simulator. <laughs> Uh, and next week we'll answer listeners' question, <laughs> listeners' responses to this question. So if you if you want your your answer to be said, then uh, drop a, drop a line in the Discord or respond to the podcast, and we'll uh, we'll hit it up. I don't even know what chocolate milk is supposed to mean. <laughs> she was cremated, but that's not chocolate milk. That's ashes. <laughs> I don't understand. Tomato, tomato, you know? (laughs) Ashes have a lot of use. Okay. You know, I I hadn't considered that. Maybe I should try mixing that in with my nest quick next time. Uh, All right, folks. (laughs) That's that's our episode for today. Uh, Please don't take anything that we say as a suggestion. It is all all for fun. (laughs) Do not turn your mother's ashes into chocolate milk. It's really grainy and doesn't taste great. It really, it it's not the right texture you want. <laughs> uh, uh, there's another uh, bundle. Follow us on on Discord time. and 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 watch our streams. And we have a Twitter. Yeah. And I like that you put. Oh no, that's a Steam and Twitch. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we have a, a Steam curator page, which is getting a lot of traction. Like, go check out our reviews. I think they're pretty solid. Yeah. What's up? Uh, do you have yeah. an OnlyFans? <laughs> I do, but it's completely inactive. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying, but... One of these days. One of these days. I'll, well, when we move in together, yeah. maybe maybe we'll get some, some pictures. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. we've, uh, we've also got a new website we're building right now, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned, folks. And some art. More in the horizon. I just got an email about the art. We did? Yeah. I, I was reading it through the podcast, because I can't focus on what that was. <laughs> All right, baby, I'm ending my recording. All right, Uh, well, I guess I'll end mine too then. All right, fine. Fine. Stand.